Hello, everyone. Back to Bears on tap. Long time no talk. It seems like uh, maybe just yesterday we were uh, having a discussion on a new member to the uh, the future of the Chicago Bears. But as you see in my name, the Chicago Bears did not waste any time. And no less than 48 hours after hiring their new GM, Ryan Poles, our new head coach is in the building. Matt Eberflus, the former defensive coordinator from the Indianapolis Colts. So we're here to discuss that news amongst many other things but today i'm joined by uh ron loose at loose on tap joey ricotta at the riot 326 and quentin crisco did i get that right nailed it really first try yeah dude tell first me how i get so many like like last names wrong throughout the season of like players that we hear as names on tv all the time and i just like i thought of your name i sounded it out in my head and i just i just went out for it but uh mr button <laughs> And uh, the resident, Matt Eberflus guy, he has an uh, article that I think came out, what was it, like two weeks ago, right? Two or three yeah, weeks Yeah, it would have been a few weeks ago. And that kind of is the blueprint to what all ended up happening in the long run. And now, like like I said, we have a new head coach. But, uh, Quentin, we'll start with you. What are your initial thoughts on the head coach hiring for our Chicago Bears? So when I was writing these head coach articles, you know, I – I was going through a lot of data on a lot of these guys and I'll be honest, this is one guy I kept coming back to in my mind is like, he just, he feels like a good football coach. Like as I, especially as I was looking at some of the offensive guys, like it was, man, yeah, they, they run a good offense, but I was questioning, you know, how much they can really run, run a team and how much they can do make sure that the team's disciplined. They take care of what they're supposed to take care of. They work hard. And that's what I kept coming back to with him is the way that he motivates his guys, the way that he holds players accountable is just, it's something to be admired of uh, from a coach. And it's something that I, I keep coming back to and feel good about with him. I feel like he's just a, a good leader and a good, good head coach in general. Um, so maybe not the most exciting hire, yeah. but there's there's definitely a lot to like with this guy. Yeah, and I think like something that I I saw earlier today is like you know with with Caldwell and and with Quinn, you know what you're gonna get. The element of the unknown is is what I think is the most interesting about Eberflus. And like it was crazy because when you wrote that article, I was watching uh, the in season Hard Knocks, which was actually the Indianapolis Colts. And I just remember seeing him speak, and I'm like, wait a second. That's the guy that the Bears are, you know, linked to. And then, sure shit, two weeks later, we're back on the pod, you know, within 24 hours to discuss the new head coach. So I thought it was kind of like, wow, everything kind of came together. But from what I've seen, and, and just if you watch the Colts' defense this this season, I know maybe they weren't the best in points per game. But as far as, like, scheme, they had a lot of good players, so that helps out. But the X's and O's were on point, and they kept them in a lot of their games. I know they didn't make the playoffs. They missed out uh, at the end of the season because they couldn't take out the Jacksonville Jaguars. But that's like – that's one small small dink in a very polished football resume uh, from the cradle of coaches in the MAC from Toledo. So, I mean, he's an Ohio guy. But, Joey, what, uh, what were your initial thoughts on this uh, hire? Initial thoughts – wasn't the guy I wanted originally. I mean, we, we spent, I don't know how much time last night sitting here talking about Jim Caldwell as obviously one of the three finalists that were mentioned with, you know, Dan Quinn and uh, Matt Eberflus. 
And we were like, yeah, I, I don't know how we all came to that. We all kind of agreed that we liked Jim Caldwell the best. But once this got announced and then, you know, I knew that Quentin had his profile and I, I just I dug a little bit deeper. And of course, I read your profile, Quentin, and does not disappoint. I encourage anybody that's listening to this to check that out because it's very in-depth, covers a lot of ground as all of his profiles do. But um, I ended up learning a ton and I looked into them a little bit deeper as far as just some other articles I was able to dig up. And like you said, beat on like looking at, you know, some of his clips and stuff, how he talks to players, how he communicates, how he, how well of a leader that he is, because that was one of the big questions that I had was can he actually lead, you know, not being a defensive coordinator or being a linebackers coach? Can he actually be a leader? It's pretty clear to me now the the deeper I've dug into this, I think he's very capable of being a leader, and I do like his defensive scheme, which you can say what you want about the Tampa 2, but it's a little bit more modified than just the original Tampa 2, which got its inception in uh, 96 with Tony Dungy, obviously. But, um, you know, that that was built off of the the Steel Curtain, you know, in the 70s. So, And that was modified. Tony Dungy modified the Tampa 2 around the Steel Curtain. So as the game evolves, you get these modifications – Iberflus is modifying that from the nineties. I like it, man. I think he could be a hell of a coach and maybe we got a good one here. And I don't even hate like in the Tampa two with, with Eddie Jackson, just sitting back there at all times, waiting to jump routes. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been craving Eddie Jackson touchdowns and Eddie Jackson to make these big plays. I think in a different scheme, it opens the field up more for him to do that. I think too, like, I know, like I said, the Colts were kind of like – they were that team that if every – like if they got to the playoffs, right, nobody wanted to play them. It just so happened to be that they didn't get to the playoffs. It was the weirdest like from like everyone's – America's like underdog to get to the playoffs and make some noise to like, wow, we just lost. But I think like if you look at some of the other stops on the way – so like I said, he played – he played football, and I'll get to you one second. In one second, Ron. He played football at Toledo. Uh, was a grad assistant and a coach there. He had one other stop in college at Mizzou, and then his other stops before this are the uh, Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, and then the Indianapolis Colts. And now he's our head coach. So he's a guy that I think one of the things too that when you like, not that I'm like a like a job recruiter or whatever, but when you look at his resume, it's he's not flipping. He's not going you know somewhere for a year and leaving. He's there for three four, five years at a time, which means sustained success, a good relationship with your players, and an even better relationship with the people that are in charge of you, I guess you would say. But before I go off the rails on our new head coach, Ron, what were your initial thoughts on uh, Mr. Eberflus? Joey, hit me with what you got really quick. I know you got I know you got yeah. something juicy for me. Team me nah, up. You know, I don't even know if it said juicy, but it just like beat on kind of got my mind going too was he was saying that he he's not leaving. Normally the staff that he's on doesn't leave either. And I know that's like a point that, that Quentin brought up in his article, but it, I was looking at even the, the coaching that he did maybe in college and all this, like a lot of the staffs, they stick together on like the teams that he's coached. Like they don't leave. Like that speaks volumes to me because it's like they believe in this core and they believe in Eberflus. And like a lot of these coaches that he's worked under, they speak very, very highly about him. 
And I mean, I'm like, I'm like one of the little green dudes in the, in the little crane machine in Toy Story. Eberflus. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that you mentioned the hard knock thing too. And I'll kick it to you real fast, Ron. But like he, uh, the, the clip that always comes to mind too, with like the Eeyore, you want to be, you want to be like Eeyore. Don't do that. Don't do, don't be Eeyore. And then when you said the Eberflus, I don't know. I was just thinking that. Eberflus, yeah. I put that in the, in the description for people. Cause I mean, when you're reading the article, they probably don't put that in there for you, but it is Eberflus. I know it could be Eberflus, Eberflus. I don't know how you want to say, it, but it's Eberflus. <laughs> no, that was actually really helpful because I was mispronouncing it all day. So thank you, Dina. I appreciate you. But no, I mean, I, I think, too, another thing that is, is kind of resonating that, you know, obviously, Quentin and Joey both made great points. But just like think about like the length of time on coaching staffs. I agree. That was a big part of why I chose to go play at St. Xavier was because of the consistency they had in a coaching staff. Like it was the same guys year in, year out. Like they wanted to be there. There was a reason they were there. And that made me want to be there. You know what I mean? Same thing is happening with Eberflus right now as kind of he's, you know, worked his way up the ranks. And in addition, though, like he's put in the like the time. And I know that sounds so friggin' old school and I hate it, but like, but it's true. Like, if you're good at what you do and you've done it for a long time, you know you're good at it. Like, yeah, it's been at various levels, but like he's done it for like what 30 years almost. I mean, it's an insane number of years that he's been a, a coach anywhere, you know, Toledo you know, to Mizzou, to finally jumping to the NFL, hanging out with the Cowboys, going to the Browns, and then, you know, to the Colts, and now here. Like, he's made his way up, and he's he's made an impact. And I don't know about you guys, but, like, I have this weird sense of trust for guys that come out of Indy because I feel like Ballard and Reich are just this powerhouse that nobody talks about because they play in the Midwest and we say open, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only reason nobody talks about Indianapolis. If they were in a big market, like if they were the New York Giants, are you yeah. fucking shitting me? It would they'd be, be they'd open Sports Center every night. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that's where I'm like, I feel good about this. Like he's coming from a good place. Like fun fact that I enjoyed, and this actually gave me a little bit of a, a little bump on him too. Was Eberflus was actually picked by Josh McDaniels when he initially took the job, and then when McDaniels backed out, right kept him. That shows a lot, bro. Like if you get, he said you're not leaving. Yeah, like you're yeah. clearly good. And so like and here's sure. the thing is I was I had this debate with my dad tonight too. And this is where I'll I'll turn it back to you being on after this point. But I had this bet this debate with my dad. And and you know, for people that have played football at any level, you understand this. Like when you understand what your opposition is gonna do so well, don't you think that can help like your own team on offense? Like if you're that truly good defensively as like a mind you'll be able to help teach Justin Fields like keys and tips and cues and things to watch for as a defense. Like look at some of the best teams in the league right now. Sure. Andy Reid's an offensive head coach, but like look at the Buffalo bills, McDermott's or Dermott's a defensive coach, but DeBole ran that offense effectively and they had a great complete team. Like it's happened year in and year out. And let's be honest, the bears haven't been as successful since Lovey Smith left. Like he was a defensive head coach. Like Mark Trustman and Matt Nagy are the sexy hires that are offensive minds. Like they aren't that sexy in hindsight. So I, I just, I feel like this is a thing where people are kind of freaking out or not everybody, but some people are like kind of freaking out. I think too early, like let, let it happen. Let's see who he gets as an OC. I know we were talking about homeboy from San Francisco for reasons earlier, but for Eberflus reasons. Um, but like, 
I just I feel like there's a good chance here that this could be something that's at least fun. Like the Bears will be fun in 2022 and show promise. And like maybe we actually will see Justin Fields take that next step. So I I like the higher it's grown on me more as the day has rolled on, and I'm sure it'll keep growing on me the more and more I like again go back and read Quentin's article because I've read it twice and I'm gonna read it again. So like just it's it's one of those things. The more and more I read about him, the more and more I like him. Yeah, and I think one of the things that was like the closing notes from last night that we tried to emphasize was qualified. We want a coach that's qualified. He has earned his right to now become a head coach in the NFL. He's, you know, been a linebacker. His right. Yeah, he's been a linebacker coach. He's been a coordinator, you know. It's now his time to become a head coach. I know Bears fans were disappointed because you wanted like that splash hire or like, you know, but like sexy higher. Yeah. But like what Ron said, those, those haven't worked out in the past. Sometimes you got to go with the safe pick. Sometimes you just got to throw a hundred on red and then just leave. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's what the bears did with Eberflus. And uh, I think like, I'm going to go full meatball for my favorite part of the signing is like the dude was a baller in college in the Mac. So he's a matching guy. He was like a linebacker. So I can only imagine. I got to find a picture of him playing. I can see like a neck roll, like a mullet, like a real football guy looking motherfucker. Be done. Back in the it's day. in the article. Plug it. Yeah. Plug it. Be I'm going to have to pull it. I'm going to have to pull it. But Do I got to check that out. It's the first picture. All right. And uh, either way, like as a guy that what we talked about last night with polls, guy that played the game, a guy that understands the game of football. Coaches that are players tend to have that better understanding unless you're Mike Singletary, who apparently reached out for the job. But uh, And I love Mike Singletary. He's a Bears like coaches in the world. But I think, like, <clears throat> defensively, with what we already have in place, we have the blueprint, we have quality players, go out and be – you know, aggressive in free agency, aggressive in the draft. That has more to do with the GM. But now that you have the head coach, you have an idea for what players fit the mold of your systems, you know? So, like we talked about last night, we're going to lose some of the guys that we thought were a big part of this team because of things like that. So, we'll see what happens in the long run. But I'm excited about it. I was a little nervous and worried at the beginning, like Joey said, where I was just kind of like – I. I don't know too much about this guy, but like I also said at the beginning, the unknown kind of has me excited. And I guess I'm at like 70, 30. I'm like excited, nervous because we always get let down by the Bears. But this guy is very qualified and, and well represented by what he did with the Colts most recently. I'm about there too, be done. I'm about 70, 30 still because I don't want to be too high. I don't want to be too yeah. low either. So I've kind of talked myself up into being like above at like 50, above average. 50, like, yeah. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm optimistic about it. I don't want to be like, cause you know what? Yeah. As Bears fans, we spend so much time, you know, slamming our dick in a desk drawer, being negative, absolutely hating everything about everything. You know what I'm saying? And, and they've the given guy, us no reason not to be yeah, like that. But two, we just, these two guys have literally done nothing but show up and fucking sign a piece of paper for a new job, and that is it. And literally, that is it. They like they haven't messed anything up yet. And like I said last night with polls, until further review, they are not on the shit list. And they're football guys. That's like remember like three four months ago 
we were always talking about how we just didn't have football guys in, you know, the right positions. If we can get rid of Phillips, we'll be in a very good position to have football guys in all of the high positions. But like I said, players, coaches, I don't know the exact amount of years, but Ron, you had alluded to like 20 to 30 years already coaching. So very, very well deserved in my opinion. Yeah, very well deserved. And again, like, I feel like, you know, we've all touched on it in, in various ways, but like, sure, maybe he's not the sexy hire, but sometimes it's okay to go away from the sexy hire. Like, was Sean Dermott a sexy hire in Buffalo? No, but like, look no. what it's yielded. Sure. Yeah. They, they got beat by the chiefs because of a coin flip. Like they were that there. Like, they were a favorite to be uh, a Super Bowl the dumbest rule in the world. Or dumbest. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Like this, this that was like the worst ending to the best weekend of football of all time, dude. So oh, anticlimactic, yeah. yeah. And, and you know and what the crazy thing. thing is, too, Ron? All the other overtime games in the season, bro, had like four possessions. Like they were just oh, yeah. like no one wanted to win those games, but that game, no. instant curtains. I'm like, fuck, dude. Yeah, and and it's just like <laughs> I feel like when people really consider it, like that Buffalo team's gonna be good too for like a couple more years. So like. We can, I think we can all confidently sit here and be like, sometimes the sexy, the non-sexy hire, pardon me, is like, is okay. And it, like, let's see where it goes, right? Let's see who the OC pick is. Let's see how the rest of the staff fills out. Let's see what they do in, in the offseason. Like, Poles has to, st- Poles can, still gets the draft and he still gets assigned free agents before the Bears ever play a snap in this 2022 season. Like, this team is not going to look the same. And beat on, you kind of alluded to this on yesterday's show. Like, don't be surprised if it's an aggressive offseason. It might not be a sexy aggressive offseason where he goes out and spends a ton of money, but like they might be active in like flipping names in and out and like depth pieces being different. And like they might try and do that pretty quickly just to see what happens. Because once this team gets out of this like dead cap crap that's coming up over the next like two to three seasons, like I'm intrigued to see where they go. Obviously, if Fields continues to ball out, he'll be a big chunk of that. But who knows, right? I mean, Quentin, I, I feel like you, you've got to you got to help me here because I feel like yeah. Uh, so I was actually just be- before this, I was kind of doing some light research on an article idea about um, really how Indy structured their defense, how they built it through free agency, through the draft, what they did, and it, and starting to look through it all, you start to realize, man, they a lot of their signings are reclamation projects, cheap. $2 million, $1 million deals, aside from Justin Houston was one that they splurged on and the trade for DeForest Buckner. Those were the two big things they did. The three technique and the edge well too. They draft well, too. Look at like, so, like a guy like Darius Leonard. That's also where I'm going with it. You look at their defensive drafting since Eberflus has gotten there, he's built that defense on second, third, and fourth round picks. I mean, they, it, he is not getting the first-round studs. They took their first uh, defensive first-round pick in his time there this past year with Quiddy Pay. Outside of that, they are all mid-round guys, which tells me that Ryan Poles is probably going to be trading down in this draft to get more draft picks in the mid-rounds because Eberflus is going to want to build back up uh, that depth on the defense. And even – with Indy, look at those mid-round guys who they took that weren't necessarily hits. They were high-ceiling guys. They were guys he could still play for 60 70% of the snaps and get by with. Um, 
really his his player development is pretty impressive on the defensive side of the ball there in Indy because they do not have a star-studded defense. I mean, hell, they signed a 30-year-old Xavier Rhodes and uh, second-round pick Rocky Sin at quarter. You know, they, they weren't playing with some studs out there. And they're just very good defense. They're, they've been top 10 the last two, three years, I think. It's a, uh, DeForest Buckner's a monster. That's the guy you can't make up for there. And he's he developed Darius Leonard, too. There's just a lot to like. Quentin, Quentin. It's late, right? Like we should be getting ready to settle down and sleep well <laughs> that the Bears have finally made a decision. I'm ready to run through the the, the nearest wall I can find after that. Because you bring up so many good points. No, you really do, because that's the impressive thing about Indy. Like that was that comfort I was alluding to earlier about like he's coming from Indy because Indy does so well in that type of stuff, and you hit on every single thing. I think all four years they were a top 10 defense. I think the first two years, I think they were literally number 10, and then they were better the last two. <laughs> But, like, it was as he built that defense and exactly what you said and, and the amount of guys. Like, does do you guys remember Pat McAfee when he going going up to the podium and picking Bobby Okariki? Bobby Okariki was actually, like, a contributor on that defense. Like, and it was, like, a fourth-round pick. Like, a guy that everybody – I think I think he's their starting bike oh, too. Yes, like literally. He's not just a role player. He has a major role in that defense. Which is, which is funny because Pat McAfee joked like, you know, future Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. And like this dude's actually contributing. He's not like in a Mr. Irrelevant pick that they hyped up for no reason. That's just what Indy does, and that's why they've been so successful. And sure, maybe it's not the quickest, sexiest turnaround that they've ever needed, but like they make do and like take advantage of situations like Jonathan Taylor falls to you, take advantage of having a great running back and like try and help your offense be a better running offense. Like you built that offensive yeah. line, well, use them. Like that's it, the real so beauty many- of it to me, that yes. mid round development on the defensive side, it allows you to use the premium picks on the offensive side. Like the Colts did on Quentin Nelson, on Jonathan Taylor, on, you know, the Colts brought in some high round offensive guys. And that's, I mean, that that Colts team was not good when they first got there. You know they were not laden with talent. No, and it really hit, that development of those mid and late round guys on the defense allowed them to focus the premium stuff on the offense, which is sounds great when you're talking about Justin Fields. Oh, and I think, I think too something that goes without being said is like like what you said. He's finding these players in the late rounds, and they turned the Colts from what were they when they got there? Maybe like three and thirteen, two and fourteen, into a perennial over five hundred team that is either in the playoffs or you know they would they miss by half a game this year on some not necessarily like fluke shit, but you know you win you're in type situation. So I think like. With the Bears' current state of the roster, you know, you look at it, it's there's there's a few marquee guys. You think of like Roquan, you think of like Khalil Mack, and you think of what we want Justin Fields to be. I think with Eberflus, you're going to get a guy that doesn't make an excuse or try to deflect blame like our previous Matt because of the guys in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? So I think like regardless of who we go to war with, we're going to see tangible like progress from what we've seen in years past under a different coach. I know people like, like try to say like the coach isn't the one out there making the plays, but something that we've hammered home on this podcast for as long as I can remember is your job as a coach is to put your players in the best position to make those plays. And, you know, the bald fraud was not very good at doing that. So. 
So real quick, just as you're talking about that, we can bring up Matt Eberflus's philosophy in Indy. He called it HITS, H-I-T-S. Hustle, intensity, taking the ball away, smarts, as in being situationally smart and intelligent and knowing your opponent. I mean, that that's just – Football. I mean, it's it's football guyism, hundred percent. But wait, love it. You need it. Yeah, you need to stop awesome. it. I'm not going to be able to sleep now. My <laughs> adrenaline is through the because again, as football nerds, as football diehards, as all four of us are here on this show tonight, like that's exactly what you want in a football team. Like, because that's football. That's football at the core of it. And it's just again, and you know what? Here's the thing. And this is, you guys are going to love this. I know you will. Because I actually joked about this earlier. In the Midwest, we say, oh, you know what else we do in the Midwest? We just get the job done. Lunch and lunch pail type football. Like, we like big hitters. We like the Big Ten. We like the Mac. Like, come on. We like Jaranara and all things. We like running fun. the damn football and cold yeah. weather and hard hits and yeah. neck rolls and shit. We, yeah. like, <laughs> like, we like being known for defense and running backs. We've never been known for a quarterback, and I think that's going to change. I do. I love me some Justin Fields, yeah. but like, that's what and like Eberflus fits that mold. He fits the blue collar Chicago and attitude, and I think that's why he's going to become a loved head coach because of that attitude and just hit and play football, boys. Be smart, hit yeah. everybody, take the ball away. Let's score a lot of points. Let's win a lot of games and had a good time. I you think know, you know uh, what I kind of think he is is the. The the Lovey Smith who uses cuss words. Oh, yeah, let's, go. Yes. Yes. let's go. Yes. There we go. Oh, I go. That. Quentin, I th- I'm glad you brought that up because I would love nothing more than for Lovey Smith to make his return to the Chicago Bears as a defensive coordinator. How realistic is it? I don't know. But the Texans fired David Coley. So, which means whoever takes over as the head coach of the Texans. They can either choose to keep him or choose to get rid of him. Now, the Texans were top 10 in takeaways this season, which after being like really bad in takeaways last year. So, and that's a Lovey Smith thing. Another thing that Eberflus preaches, obviously, and the Tampa too, they have all that in common. And obviously, I think they've exchanged notes actually um, when Eberflus was uh, in Missouri that they exchanged notes uh, about the to Tampa too. So they have some type of connection. I don't know how realistic it is, but if they don't want to retain Lovey Smith as a defensive coordinator in Houston, let's go, baby. I'm all for the reunion as a coordinator. Well, so I can speak a little of their connection there. So when Eberflus got to Dallas, um, Monty Kiffin was the D coordinator. Monty Kiffin, one of the fathers of the Tampa too. Um, Legend. And then he worked multiple years there with Rob Marinelli who is also one of the, you know, godfathers of the Tampa too, a Lovey Smith guy, both Tony Dungy guys, like the, the, all the ties to the, to the, the Lovey Smith, Tony Dungy connections are, are pretty heavy there for Eberflus. And just, just looking at some of the, the rumors coming out about his assistance, it seems like Rob Marinelli is really campaigning for this guy right now. Yeah. Right. I mean, he tried, Rich Bisaccia seems like he's coming here. If he doesn't get the head job in Vegas, like, Marinelli might be coming. Who knows? Um, so Marinelli's clearly going to work for this guy as far as like trying to convince other assistants that this is the place to go. Um, so the, the, those connections are seem pretty heavy to me. And I yeah. would be totally fine, like happy with 
if he was a defensive line coach like Marinelli or even coordinator, or if he was defensive line coach and Lovey was defensive coordinator, dude, I'm thrilled. I am so fucking thrilled. Basaccia, you got the Italian stallions on the defensive and special teams coordinators. Like, let's fucking go. Everyone's, like, everyone's coming in with like these big gold chains to, to the game, like how the Sox do instead. Rich Basaccia's got a special, <laughs> special focaccia bread he's bringing. Yeah. Like, I, I always want my D line coach to have wrestled a bear once in his life. Yeah. And Rob Marinelli's the only guy who <laughs> checks that box. It's good to build character. I think uh, that. All right. So on the topic of wrestling a bear, and I know uh, Eberflus isn't an offensive guy, but I'll ask you guys this question. As like we see this team take on a new identity, do you think they potentially bring back uh, the most vaunted position in football in a fullback? If they if they go with the Shanahan coordinator, absolutely. Those guys love their fullback. Yeah, I fucking love me a good fullback. Everybody knows that. Especially in Milwaukee. <laughs> I too, I too, <laughs> I too love uh, love me a fullback as well because actually one of my best friends, uh, both in high school and college, we played together. Uh, he ultimately became a fullback in college. See, and, that's uh, dope. It was sweet. It was dope. It was a good time. You're literally just a battering ram. You're a battering ram. You're a battering ram that can catch passes out of the backfield. You're just yeah. a you're you know what you are. You are the like all-star version of a blocking tight end but like you catch more passes than them because you come out of the backfield like you're the cool kid I like how you're uh, kind like of a cool niners. kid the niners use of a fullback is how every team should use a goddamn fullback and it shouldn't Speaking be a question Kyle, I, love me, I love me an i formation i also love me a t formation yeah even our boy Alap is in the comments tonight. He's joining us tonight, guys. Uh, we were, we missed him yesterday. He's, oh, so, he's so mad that we didn't hire Harbaugh. He said, you guys, he's not a Bears fan anymore. Wow. They change wow. up so fast. <laughs> wow. Alap, say it ain't so, man. I think you're yeah, back on board a little bit now, right? You, say it with us. <laughs> I don't know how you're not. I'm I'm so jacked up right now. I'm literally, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be up till 2 a.m. I'm going to be texting the three <laughs> I of you. see his highlights. Just being like, dude, I'm <laughs> – I'm I want to see the college highlight. Tell I want to see his hit sticks, bro. I got to check his hit <laughs> sticks. Dude, you, you go see his pad level. You know he laid I, I just went and looked at the picture while we were talking, bro. <laughs> Holy fuck. I, and, and, like, too, now it's like if you had uh, – all right, so if you know, like, the Madden meter, you can change your pad level, right? You tilt yeah. yours all the way to the right. That's Matt Eberflus at Toledo. You tilt yours all the way to the left. That's Michael Bennett on the Seahawks. Like <laughs> – Dude, I'll look, look at it like because for all these coaching profiles, I tried to find a picture of them as like a player, like yeah. back when they were in college, wherever they played. And looking at some of these pads, it was just like, God dang, do you think they even felt anything? Football was <laughs> such a different sport. They had on, they had on like the you remember, have you guys ever seen the movie that I think it's Invincible with Vince Papale? Yes, like, he, like he takes off, he takes off the huge. Pads and he puts on like the little yeah. like training pad. He the original Michael Bennett. Like, dude, yeah. it, like he's like, what's it gonna matter? I'm not well, gonna be playing here in like a week. So and two, it's like, dude, we all we all grew up in the era. If we all we all played football, so we grew up in the era where you had to fucking you know your pads came separate, bro. You had to stuff them in your pants and do the whole thing and then jump into your pants because you know it's different now. It's just like. The whole uniform is different. People don't really wear thigh pads and knee pads and 
and they were in the, the pants are a different material and all that type of shit. So it's like, I, I imagine Eberflus trying to put in his fucking hip pads <laughs> in his girdle, like with his fucking, you know, his beefed up shoulder pads and like a, like a three bar face mask, just like a straight lunch. You were, guy. For, for anyone you that's were, not. You were, you are straight up fucking dating every single one of us right now with that shit. You need to stop it right For now. For anyone that's not watching the video and just listening to the podcast part, B-Don literally just did like the equivalent of Mirage yeah. shoving his toe, his immunized toe in well, the camera, except he yeah. shoved like his hip in the camera. If you watched last it. night, if you watched last night, I put my sock up to the screen <laughs> when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. But we'll, we'll uh, we have an Aaron Rodgers minute at the end of the episode. Uh, that was the uh, Adam Sandler, the, the frostbite toe. The yeah, frostbite. the frostbite toe. <laughs> oh my fucking God, that movie, dude. What is What movie was that? I forgot what it was. Uh, Deeds. Mr. Mr. Deeds. Deeds. Yeah. I like Pete. I don't know Deeds. why. <laughs> they like chop his toe off, dude. I might have to. Now I'm gonna watch an Adam Sandler movie when we're done to fall asleep tonight. Yeah, frostbite. He's, he's the goat, dude. Not freezer like, burn. Yeah, no, frostbite. No, no frostbite. It was freezer burn. It's like a bag of peas, bro. Just a fucking bag of peas. But we went off the rails already. Hundred percent. Well, I think like for the. I mean, as much as we'd love to sit here and and just continue to just. You know, go off about Eber Foods. You gotta, you gotta wait until he starts making moves. You gotta wait until we see him on the job. Yeah, we don't want to overhype him. Yeah, we can only <laughs> go, we can only go based off of what we've seen. And it's like, if you look at all his different stops, you know, he's he's worked for three NFL teams, two college teams. He he is from Toledo. He he's a star at Toledo, and he coached there. So it's like, that's a guy that literally lived almost like the American dream. And now he's at the point where he's at the pinnacle of his coaching career. And that's a guy that probably wants to succeed just as much as we want him to succeed. So I, as much as Quinn said, I, now as I'm doing it, I don't want to get too excited about it, but I will say I am, I am less than cautiously optimistic. I am just optimistic at this point. Yeah. That's a great point. Be down like that's the way to be. I think about this. Like, be optimistic, but don't yeah. go overboard to the point where you're like, the Bears are going to the Super Bowl right now. Yes, we're probably still going to believe that. We don't but, have the Jimmys and Joes. You know, I know. I can tell you this: the Bears played this perfectly by teasing Dan Quinn this whole time because it just like made this so much more exciting that it's not Dan Quinn for me. <laughs> it would have been a boring hire. Yeah, bro. No, because you know what you know what happens. Like, like Dan Quinn, if he you know, because he's just calling the he's calling offense, right? In Dallas, that's it. He's not that. He's not the defense or defense. Yeah, defense. If he goes back to being a head coach, he's it's you can't teach an old dog new tricks. He's gonna do the same dumb shit that he was doing with the Falcons. So it's like with Eberflus, we don't know what he's like offensively. We know it can't be any worse than what we just had, and we had a so-called guru, an offensive guru, yeah, a guru, tractor beam, just like in uh, Austin Powers. But (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So the element of the unknown, the fact that he's probably not going to be the guy calling plays, so who we're going to get is going to be an offensive specialist. And before we close out, I guess we should probably touch on the speculative part of, of who we think, but Quentin, could you go over the list of candidates and then let's, yeah, highlight, so let's, let's highlight, no pun intended, our favorite candidate from San Francisco. So Adam Hogue put out an article actually just this afternoon about this. And the guys that he was linking were, let's see, he had 
Clint Kubiak, Mike Kafka, Pep Hamilton, Kevin O'Connell, um, Kevin Petulo, who's the Eagles uh, pass game coordinator. So these other guys, I should clarify. That I don't know. Too. I don't know. Kubiak. Well, so he was in Indy for three years before okay. that. Okay. Which is what's nice. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know how, how – there's not a lot to know about Kevin Petulo, though. He's kind of yeah. an unknown here. Um, so Clint Kubiak, Gary Kubiak's son, he was the co-offensive coordinator in Minnesota last year. Yeah. So Shanahan links there through Kubiak. Um, Kubiak coached and played under Mike Shanahan for years. Their offenses are very similar. So Clint Kubiak's offense is very similar to his dad's. Um, Mike Kafka, uh, Chicago area guy, Kansas City QB coach. He's out of contract right now, so he's available. Uh, he doesn't need to be allowed to go anywhere by anyone. He can just go. Um, and I believe he played at Northwestern. Yes, correct. Uh, okay, that's – yeah. yeah. Um, so former Northwestern great. Uh, Pep Hamilton, he was QB coach in Houston, former Bears coach. He's been around the league. He helped Andrew Luck develop in Indy. Um, he couldn't help Rex Grossman develop, but who could? Um and then Kevin O'Connell is Shots. the, I believe, the offensive coordinator in L.A. under McVeigh. So he doesn't call plays, but he's another Shanahan guy uh, or a McVeigh guy, which falls under that same Shanahan thing. Similar style with that wide zone running scheme. Is he um, the, uh, the guy that holds him back on the sidelines since he doesn't call the plays? I think that's how he got his start. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Finally, the one that everybody is excited about is Mike McDaniel, the San Fran offensive coordinator who yes. talks about Mike Jones at his press conferences and will yeah. only go who? to a state that has legalized weed. Yep. <laughs> Say that louder for the people in the back, that last part. <laughs> um, so the thing with McDaniel, though, is he is still under contract. So yeah. Shanahan would have to let him leave, um, oh, which Shanahan might. McDaniel has been with Shanahan every place that Shanahan has gone. They're like their best friends. So if McDaniel has aspirations to be a head coach, he probably needs to check off that play calling box, which means he would need to go someplace else. Shanahan, who knows, maybe he'll let him like be like, yeah, go because you're my friend and I want to see you go succeed or maybe he'll be like you know screw you you're not going anywhere are Who we knows? sure that shanahan doesn't enjoy a doobie every once in a while oh, <laughs> no i mean his, if his best he friends motioned, like me i can almost he, guarantee it he motioned, he motioned freaking uh trent williams on a fourth and one or whatever. Oh, yeah. Don't you dare tell me he doesn't dabble everyone that's got 420 written all over it oh yeah, bro disgusting that is the that is the king of overthinking like unless you were literally just like to have the anxiety that you <laughs> overthink everything in life the only way you do that is if like you're like oh i'm a little you know woo and you're just like you know what would be really incredible here is deceiving them by motioning trent williams to the other side of the line of scrimmage and then yeah. running where he should have been and not getting the first play. down and then did you see the one because they ran it a few times they ran it a few times uh, and they ran it in the third or the fourth quarter williams got like a one-on-one -on -one with a db bro and it was just football porn 
Like it was That's just, what I thought you were talking about. I was like, yeah. that was amazing. No, that <laughs> part of it was awesome. But it was in that situation because he got called for the penalty yeah. and screwed him. Yeah, on the that first one. Like yeah. a, that was yeah, like a yeah, dude. If you're just, it's like, dude, if you're just sneaking the football, just leave him there. It's fine. He doesn't need emotion. <laughs> like, stop overthinking this. Yeah. That's That was where I was going with that. But, yes, I I agree. And, and you know what? Like, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you what, Quentin. One of those names, two of those names that get me really excited are Pep Hamilton and Mike Kafka. Obviously, the connection, he's a local dude. Like, actually, one of my buddies is, like, his, like, cousin, effectively. So, like, you Got know, there's... Insider the, info there's, coming from you, Ron. There's, well, I, I know nothing. <laughs> you gotta work those trails. I have, I have no knowledge <laughs> of what's happening there. But, like, it's, like, you know, the the, the Chicago kid. Like, that'd be a fun yeah. story. And then I so like Pep Hamilton. He has ties to Ryan Poles, too, from KC. There you go. Right, exactly. So, and on top of it, you know, if it's not him for whatever reason, like I like Pep Hamilton because Pep Hamilton was in Indianapolis as the quarterback's coach when Andrew Luck had his best career season. He helped Herbert now in San Diego. He's the reason P.J. Walker went from the freaking XFL to the Carolina Panthers. Like Pep Hamilton is a high-key quarterback whisperer. And I feel like there's nobody better that I would rather be working with Justin Fields. Because I'll tell you what, if he even makes Justin Fields three quarters of what Justin Herbert is, I every Sunday am just going to be in a like euphoric mode because of just watching Justin Fields throw for 350 yards and two touchdowns every single weekend. I mean, Jay I, Herbo just has so, a launcher attached to his arm. He does, but Fields has a great arm. Fields it's crushes good. on the deep ball, dude. Like Dude, like, bring me, give me those elements of, like, the Air Coriel offense in today's game. Like, I just want, if the Bears aren't running the football, I want Fields rolling out to his right and throwing a bomb as often as possible. I never realized this with Hamilton. Uh, I just looked it up because I was curious at how much he called plays before. He was Andrew Luck's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Stanford and then went to Indy with Luck to be the offensive coordinator there for three years. I'm not sure how his offense did there for those three years, but I mean, the Colts were pretty good. Andrew Luck's first few years. So yes, they were, yes, they were. And that's that Colts connection too. Cause I just feel like the Colts somehow always managed to get it right. And I hate it. Yeah. They're just like the, they're like, they're like the other Midwest friend of ours, but like, they're actually a friend cause they're in the AFC, but like they're, they're, the, they're so much they would be. Yeah. They would be the Packers if like yeah. I, I, I kind of liked them until 2006, and then I just couldn't like I, I yeah, cut off my relationship with them. Cut the Colts, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much sums everything up. I guess uh, we'll be back with you when we make our next hire, which will be an offensive coordinator. And uh, do we know the status? You guys said Sean Desai may or may not be back. So I wouldn't be surprised if he came back. Mainly because job, like. the main the main reason I think is they were so Eberflus runs a lot of the same man match concepts as what Desai was doing from what I've read at least I haven't dug into film or anything on it but um, those man match concepts in the zone coverages are somewhat similar and you can even see it in the stats like the Bears ran the most coverages last year of any team that were indistinguishable as far as PFF was concerned. Like they couldn't tell what the hell we were doing, whether it was zone or man. Yeah. Like the second just, the team with the second most. Coverage. Yeah. The team with the second most was Eberflus and the Colts. 
So they have Ooh. some kind of similarities there in the disguising that they were doing, which is why I wouldn't be shocked if he was back. But he's also not the Eberflus guy, so it's hard to know. Yeah. We'll beat on, beat on, beat on. I need you to do me one quick favor before you uh, kindly you know, take us out of here uh, for the evening. Can you clip what Quentin just said? Because any football nerd <laughs> knows that was absolute gold. Sure. And like, I want to hear that on repeat as I want to fall asleep tonight. It's just him breaking down the like the coverages are so unrecognizable in like these two match and just like oh, it was incredible. I'm sorry. Well, I, and the I'm, one, I'm nerding the, out over here, guys. I'm the one uh, trying to be one, trying to be excited about the Chicago Bears. One more one more part of the Suckfest that's gonna drive up the, the number of turnovers that we get this year. You know, I think yeah, like hundred percent. I think like if you match Eberflus with Desai or with another like minded defensive coordinator with what Eberflus had, and then two a couple additions, obviously, in the secondary. Most importantly, I think we have a defense that gets a couple more turnovers. But as I uh, alluded to before uh, we close out, uh, obviously, we want to thank everyone for joining us today on today's live show. Uh, Quentin, thank you for taking the time for an emergency podcast because yeah, our resident, absolutely, our resident Eberflus uh, connoisseur, our, our guy, Eberflus, Eberflus. man, Eberflus. Uh, at Buckkiss Stats, and then Joey Ricotta at the Riot three twenty six, as well as Ron Loose at Loose on Tap. I'm Brandon Suarez. You can follow me at Beat on three hundred. Then don't forget to throw our main account and follow at Bears on Tap. But Joey has a gift from us from our friend Cody on Tap of the best tweets from this past weekend regarding uh, the guy who hasn't taken a shower all season long, Mister Aaron Rodgers. Mm. So <laughs> Joey, go ahead and. Uh, Take us take us on out of here with uh, the best tweets from about Aaron Rodgers after uh, they're lost yeah. to the San Francisco 49ers this past weekend. So I gotta find it first, but I did want there's one thing I wanted to mention too that I, I wanted to get off my chest real quick about Eberflus and this whole situation with like Ryan Poles or being hired. But um I think it's awesome. Like you guys were talking about earlier in the show that how he's great with development developing defensive players whether it be linebackers whatever he's really good at developing defensive players and and even guys that are like taken in the mid round mid rounds of drafts i think that's great because ryan poles like he's shown that he's very capable of developing or drafting well on the offensive side of the ball too like he's drafted the pretty decently as far as lineman goes and he's a former lineman so now you've got this like kind like you've got this guy on the defensive side of the ball that can develop talent defensively and draft picks that maybe you'd find in the later rounds. And you've got a guy that can draft well or is good at identifying talent on the offensive side of the ball as a GM and offensive line-wise. That's just – it's just – I don't know what it is. It's just making me even more positive about this whole thing. So that's just something I wanted to share because, I don't know, we didn't really mention Ryan Poles in this episode that much, but – like them together, I think. And this I, think build I think it's, really it's important roster. to state, and Quentin stated it before we started the episode. Don't get it misconstrued that Eberflus is a Ryan Poles guy. This was a decision that was made, right, right, probably a couple days back. But as as you guys know, the Bears are very calculated with how they release news. So obviously, if they were to name a head coach before a GM guys like us would lose every last strand of hair that we have on our heads. Like we would just pull it all the fuck out. So 
I guess the one thing I would say there is think about when the second interviews were announced and think about when Ryan Poles was hired. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. the, the guys who were coming in for second interviews were already known when Ryan Poles was hired. Yeah. I mean, so maybe that means he had a choice I mean, among the, an approved group. I don't know, but that'll probably mean the stove really hot, like, though, for the OC, though, and the decision on the DC and yeah. everything else. That the stove will be hot for all those decisions. Yeah. And I don't think, like, like my whole thing wasn't like he handpicked him. Like, he obviously did pick him eventually, but like, they had their finalists in order, you know, that, that was pretty clear, like looking at the timeline stuff like you guys are talking about. But I just think it's a pretty perfect matching. Like once you actually break it down, like I think they will work together nicely and like they can bounce ideas off each other. First of all, you always want to build your roster around what your coach, his strengths are and like what he wants to do. But just looking at it from the side of like, okay, you're really good at the defensive side of the ball. And you're, I'm pretty good at the offensive side of the ball. Not not to say that Poles can't identify talent on the defensive side of the ball either, but just being able to bounce that off the ideas off of your head coach and to get him guys that he feels comfortable with and he wants to use in his system. I don't know, man. It's 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 all lining up for me. I like it a lot. So from everything I've read and heard, this combo, these two, the trenches are going to matter a lot yes. Yes. to them, which is just – Always nice. Yes. Yes. I was, I was an offensive lineman in college. So like, this is, this is exactly what I was hoping to hear, but and and guys, just to add on to your points too, really quickly before I don't beat on dying to close this down, we have to hear the best Aaron Rodgers tweets of the weekend, but um, like he, I was checking to see if he was, if he was balding yet. Because he will be balding by the time he leaves Chicago. Because it's a stressful job. As long as he's not wearing visors, we're okay. But like, the, the funny thing with the 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 choices, right? Because it was like George and Ted really liked uh, Dan Quinn, and then like Dungy and Polian really liked uh, Caldwell, and then it was like Poles came in, interviewed all three of them, was like, I don't care what either of you two like. I like this guy, and went with him. And that's like the general report right now. So like, I at least like that he like was okay enough to be like, you know what. I know you guys each like these groups, but like I'm gonna take the dude that you guys thought was third because you know what I there's some I see here, and that that connection is so key. Like you said, Quentin, and even like you said, Joey, like when you have like that, that feeling, that good feeling, like you know, Quentin through the stats and all the the deep incredible statistics that you do because I just I read through that like it's candy for me, and and Joey, you know, like as you said too, with the whole like kind of a match, it feels like a good match. It really does. Like, give me good trenches football. Give me, like, responsible defense that can take away the football, uh, you know, with, like, a bunch of no-namers. Like, give me that old Tampa 2 feel. Like, I don't hate that. Like, I think that can still win ball game. Sure, it's a very open and spread game. Like, but you don't think the OC is going to be able to come in and adapt to, like, the more spread. And, like, you, you're, we can run power with, like, a wing back for you know in the shotgun with like a little bit of an outside zone play for montgomery don't you worry like there's ways to give that like power football element to today's game and i think these guys are going to do it and it feels like chicago football which like at the the like i feel like i'm transforming into the mustache guy and going god bears like it, it appeases that but it also just appeases like what makes sense i think for the sake of the roster build right now and like going forward like you know, running quarterbacks have always succeeded more with a team that can run with them 
and then yeah. also be able to throw. And I think the Bears are going to have the best of both worlds. And it's it's exciting. It's an exciting thing to think about. Yeah, and I think in year two, uh, Uncle Sean has an interview lined up with the Seahawks from a lot. But I think in year two, with Fields, you'll see more confidence in his running. Because I think a lot in year one, you saw him trying to box himself in, trying to stay in the pocket, trying to <clears throat> do too much, trying to to appease Dan Orlovsky's bitch ass, okay? Fuck what Dan Orlovsky has to say about you, Mr. Fields. Go out there and do your thing, sideline to sideline. If you got to run it, you got to run it. You are a weapon when you use your legs just as much as you are when you use your arms. So I think, like, with a new head coach that isn't an absolute sack of shit, like our old head coach, the development, like Quentin said and hammered home, is the most important part of this hire. And that's the thing that I think will pay dividends ultimately in the win column. And hopefully, since I'm the biggest meatball on the pod, one day they bring that Lombardi trophy back to Chicago. So with that being said, Joey, I hope you found our, our clip of uh, Aaron Rodgers tweets and we'll roll on out of here with uh, the best of the worst of say any word on a possible press conference. I have not seen anything yet unless Ron has. Ryan, you're muted. I am muted. You're right. That was that was <laughs> something I wanted to touch on of just like, is there a possible one? I didn't know if any of you guys knew really quick. I, I can't wait to hear that. I didn't I see saw one. I've been well, looking at my YouTube. Polls has got to be tomorrow, right? Like I'm assuming. I guess or we'll find out. out They'll probably Peter? honestly do. It's got to be soon. Hey, They'll probably do them both together. Be to honest. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Am I am I am I not wrong in saying that our our listeners and our fans can find that information when it happens and is known at www.ontapsportsnet.com? I think that's fair, right? I think that's a very over under a up. half Keep fired up. up. What would you say? Over <laughs> under a half fired up in yeah. that press conference. I say under. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Ooh, I say over. Yeah. I say over. <laughs> over. They better not do it. Some fl- maybe a few fluid situations thrown in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's I mean, I'm fired. I'm up, just yeah. excited. I'm. I guess you know. I'll say this because, as as someone who's had to fucking do the desk drawer thing with my dinghy and listen to Matt Nagy press conferences for years and like try to try to take away anything tangible to put in an article or anything, I give credit to the Dan Weederers and the and the the Hobes and all those guys because they didn't give us a goddamn thing for the last three or four years. Ever since Ryan Pace has been around, so. Like I kind of said last night, maybe they'll peel back the curtain more and be a little bit more open. And if not, it's what it is. But I at least feel that every time we step into a press conference, it's not just like what you read in a press release. You know what I'm saying? Like something that could have been a fucking email. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. Like there's a lot of things that you can criticize Ryan Pays for, and we have on the show many times. But and there's a lot of things that he's done well, too. But one thing that he always consistently did or didn't do was speak to the media. Like he didn't talk very often. He wasn't out there in the public. And that's one of the things that I think is very like you're, it's okay to criticize him for that because we as fans, I think we deserve to hear from him or anyone that's in charge once in a while. Like it doesn't matter whether you're telling us much information at all. I would like more information. That's great. Like, you know, I want all the information I can get, but like he wasn't giving us anything. He wasn't even talking really at all to the media. And that's, that's just, I would like to see that type of change from, you know, Mr. Poles and 
maybe we get that. He seems kind of like a like an open guy. I mean, he seems like he's pretty relatable, so we'll see. And with that being said, we are Bears on Tap. Give our, our account a follow at Bears on Tap. And uh, I think, like I said, it's time to fire up that freezer burn toe bastard Aaron Rodgers with the best tweets from this weekend after the Packers were eliminated. Let's fucking go. But it also seemed like Aaron Rodgers was dis- was distracted last night, like someone was in his head. Hmm. I don't know. Skip Bayless, my favorite tweet of the weekend, just for you, Gage. Now trending. Aaron Rodgers, which I thought of that. I've basically been calling him that for the last decade on TV. All I hear from across the debate desk on Undisputed is, quote-unquote, transcendent thrower of football, transcendently fraudulent. And last but not least, imagine. Joey's Kankakee Wi-Fi. Just imagine. (laughs) Joey, what's going on over there in the mean streets of Rockford? This is the best part, dude. This is the, the, like... Oh no! Oh no! We lost Joey. Uh, Joey, can you say something? Say something. Oh, I'm right? saying something. What happened? Oh, you're fine. Uh, All right. So the tweet was, "Can you imagine?" Oh, wait a second! You fucking idiot! That was on me. I fucking muted it halfway through. <laughs> you jag bag. I'm the You're biggest jag off. I muted it because I didn't want like my fucking laughing to fuck up because yeah. somebody else was talking. But literally, it's me on the mic. All right, I'll let me just play this. I don't know where it was at. I've basically been calling him that for the last decade on TV. All I hear from across the debate desk on Undisputed is. "Quote unquote transcendent thrower of football, transcendently fraudulent." And last but not least, imagine leaving a franchise in turmoil for a full offseason. Announce you're coming back by using a reference from The Last Dance, like you're Michael Jordan, and then lose at home as a home favorite in the first game of the playoffs. You don't have to imagine it; it actually happened. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's I, love, I love when Cody gets petty because when Cody gets petty, it's just it's, it's a, a wrap. Part. Yeah. Done. Like I said, with that being said, we are Bears on tap. We will be back with you probably sooner rather than later uh, as the Bears are already acting aggressively in filling this coaching staff. But go ahead and give my co-host a follow at Butkiss Stats to, to, the right of, oh, to the right of me. Up top, we got Ron Luce and – the other way, I'm like backwards. I'm inverted to the left of me, to the right, whatever side of me that is, is the goat man, the cheese guy, Mr. Mush himself, the Riot 326. Hey, fuck off, asshole. The Oilers, the <laughs> hey, Oilers, the Oilers won. won. We, we won a squad bet tonight, dude. We won a squad bet. Well, Oilers on, <laughs> I won Oilers, something else, whatever. It Oilers matter. on tap commences with a nice, good old fashioned <laughs> bear Don. Bear Don. Bear Don. Cole's hard for Ryan. Bear Don. <laughs>